in Gratiot County. So that's pretty cool, too. Praise the Lord. Well, Mark Chaffin's going to come tonight. Mark's got an awesome word to bring, and he was sharing it with me before service. Mark is one of the finest businessmen you'll ever meet in your life, but he's a great Christian, great Christian. I guess you can be a great businessman and a great Christian all at the same time. And uh, so he's going to bring the word uh, tonight, and uh, he's excited to do that. Give Mark a good hand again. Thank you, Mark. All right. First off, I want to thank Pastor and Karen for the privilege to be up here tonight, but for the privilege of knowing them for the last 25 years. Uh, it has definitely changed Jeannie and my life for the better. And thank you both for that. So thank you for coming to Michigan. <laughs> Amen. Uh, already the Holy Spirit's changed it up. A um, little bit of a story. Jeannie and, Jeannie and I are 63, and we got saved roughly around age 13. But what I want to say is what I'm going to share tonight and the next two services after that, or two weeks, I've heard it all my life. He corrected me very kindly. I was getting kind of excited a couple of weeks ago, and I said, well, how come we didn't get this? We, we, Pastor Hagen and Pastor Roberts and different stuff, she politely said, she says, well, I was teaching it. <laughs> <laughs> Harold Hill, King's Kids, and she was right but I didn't get it. And so before we start tonight, I want to give an invitation. If there's anyone here that hasn't accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, let's close our eyes, and if you haven't, raise your hands, and we're going to do a quick prayer. Because becoming a child of God makes it so you can hear what the Word is saying, where the Word tells us that Satan blinds our mind, blinds our eyes to the Word. So, is there anyone here that hasn't accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Okay, good. Amen. So, <clears throat> that's almost 50 years. See, you can be where I'm at by grabbing on to what the Word is saying tonight that it's taken me 50 years to get. But I believe at the end time, I know in talking with some of the young men, they're way ahead of where I was at at that time. And that's fantastic. Because it's going to get faster and faster as we get toward the end here on that. Uh, another thing is, none of this will work if you aren't in love which would be the opposite of hate. If you've got hate in your heart, this isn't going to work. You have to have obedience. You can't have disobedience. You have to have faith. You can't have fear. You have to have patience. You can't worry or be in stress, or this is not going to work. Might not get to it tonight, but it will over the next couple of 
Sundays. Hebrews 6.12 tells us, through faith and patience, inherit the promises of God. So we're going to be looking at the kingdom of God. What is it? Dictionary says, a kingdom is a state or government having a king or queen as its head with laws. So the kingdom of God has spiritual laws that we will be looking at and getting into over this time frame. Spiritual laws do not change, and they are more specific and more real than our natural laws. That's hard for us to understand and to grasp, but that's how this world got here, is by God speaking it. So we've got to figure out what the kingdom of God is. So we have to go back to Genesis 1. It's going to be a really quick review. In Genesis chapter 1, God said, and then he saw that it was good. And he made, you know, the first day he created, and it was good. The second day, the third day, the fourth day, fifth day, God said, and then saw and it was good. Point is, he said it before he saw it. So we come to the end of the sixth day, and man was made at the sixth day in God's image. What happened after the sixth day? And, and God said it was. God said it, and it was good. We're good. That was the end of what God was creating. The next day was the day of rest. We were made right before the day of rest. Right. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Do you feel rested? We'll get to more of that. When I refer to man, I'm referring both to male and female. It's like if I say lion, it includes both male and female. Right. God put man in the Garden of Eden. What did God say to do? What was our command? That's right. To tend it, to gather, take care of it. I love planting and harvesting. That's not hard. It, 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 it's, it's, we put in long hours. But that's the fun part. Yeah. That's the fun part is, is the planning. And then the harvesting. We weren't made to sweat or to toil. The interesting thing is in the Garden of Eden, there were God planted it. All we had to do was harvest it. We didn't even have to plant it. We had to tend it and to harvest it. There's no weeds, no stones, no sticks, no bad weather. We were supposed to gather. That's what we had to do. In the kingdom of God, you gather. God gave man the authority to run and rule the earth. The example I have for that is our farm. Currently, Ben is running farm. I'm there every day. So, in essence, 
I'm not God, but I'm like God in that I have given that authority over to my son, Ben. God gave Adam the authority. God gave us the authority. If the employees come to me, I can't grant their wishes. Because if I do, I am circumventing the authority that I have given to Ben. So what happened in the garden? Satan showed up. And because of what Adam and Eve did, Adam and Eve turned to Satan, looking to Satan instead of to God. The word tell in, in Satan's law is sin and death. Matthew 4, verses 8 and 9, give you the kingdom of the world. This is where Jesus has fasted in 40 days, and Satan comes to him, and he says, if you just bow down and worship me, once, I will give you all of it. All of it. So, in that, God gave the authority to Adam and Eve, and Adam and Eve gave it to Satan. So, right now, in this world, Satan is little God over it. When, this is where I was going to do the, for salvation, when they ate of the tree, what died? Spirit died. So that's why we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, to renew, to have that spirit. Ooh, wow. <laughs> to have that spirit come back alive in us. God's kingdom, what do we know? Look at the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6, 9 through 13. Verse 10, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Verse 13, thine is the kingdom. 30, O ye of little faith. Verse 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. What are all these things? What do we all need? Back, we were back when we were in school, they talked about the three basic needs of man. Food, clothes, shelter. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. What does the world run after? Food, clothes, shelter. And they can advertise it to make it look really, really good. No interest for six months. No payment. No, no first payment. But God says, that he will give us all of these things if we seek his kingdom first. 
God knows that we need them. If we don't have these and we are sweating and toiling every day, eight to five, and don't like what we do, why would anyone listen to you if you're preaching Jesus? To me, that's the, one of the biggest points of we're supposed to be prosperous so the world comes to us to ask us why we are prosperous. And you can go clear back to Abraham that he was prosperous. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God prospered them. Unbelievable. Isaac, when he sowed, Pastor talked about it last week or the week before, he increased daily. It wasn't at the end of the harvest. It was daily he was increasing. If you don't if you do not fix your money thing, your money problem, you will never discover your created purpose. Provision. Without provision, you will not have a vision. You will not be able to fulfill the vision. Twenty-three percent of Americans right now cannot make their monthly payment on their credit card. That's why the companies push the credit cards because they know you can't, or most they know 23% won't, so then the interest rate goes up to 27% or whatever. Eight out of ten families are living paycheck to paycheck. That doesn't sound too prosperous to me. Listen to what God's word says. Psalms 23:1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want any good thing. Psalm 34.10. They that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Psalm 37.4. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. Proverbs 10.22. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. Malachi 3.10. Bring ye all the tithes in the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house, and prove me now wherewith saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore I say unto you, What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. The last one, 1 John 5, 14 and 15. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we desired of him. The kingdom of God is very, very specific. You have spiritual laws that we need to follow. Next week, I will get into more of those spiritual laws. No different than we have physical and natural laws. We've talked about gravity. Two plus two is four. The sun rising and setting every day. The seasons that we go through in the year. They are very specific, but those are natural and physical. The spiritual are more specific than what these are. 
and I mentioned next week we'll look at this more in depth a little bit. Tonight, though, I want to finish with goals, and it's back to the vision and provision. If you do not have goals, you do not know where you're going, and you do not know if you're making progress. And uh, Jeannie and I, I was in a leadership program 35 years ago, and a professor from Michigan State taught us all one day on And the first thing you need to do is, on the goals, is to look to see where you want to be in 50 years. Jeannie and I said it at that time for like 40 years, maybe 50. It wasn't far enough. You're supposed to dream big dreams. God has a plan and a purpose for you. You have to find that by working with God and the Holy Spirit. And part of that is the vision and the goals that you have. And what you do is you set it out there for where you want to be in 50 years. At 50 years, you know, maybe you want to be retired or whatever. So then you come back to 25 years. So at 50 years, if I'm going to be retired and I'm going to have a million dollars in my IRA, and you come back 25 years, what do I have to have at 25 years? And then you come back to 10 years, maybe five, and then where you're at today. So if you want a million dollars in 50 years in your IRA, what do you have to start to do today? (laughs) That's right. But it's amazing, the younger you are, how little it takes to make that million dollars in the end. Jeannie, when she worked at 8CAP, has um, uh, um, employer matching funds for the retirement. If she put in $2,000, they would match it for $2,000. Once you put it in, you could then get it out. How many, what percent do you think of the employees at 8CAP took the money out? 80, 80%. Because they were looking at today and not to the future. They hadn't, they don't have, they didn't, they were just trying to make it today. They hadn't put any goals out there and visions out there in order to sacrifice that little bit in order to end up with the retirement at the end. What we did is we set it, we have goals for our family. We have goals for the farm. Jeannie has goals for CMU. And then we also have spiritual goals that we have set. It has been amazing over the years when we kind of do that right now. Uh, We actually try to take we have two boys. We tried to take the two boys and have them work on their goals. Um, Jeannie was cleaning the closets out, and we took the kids to Frankenmuth uh, a couple of weeks ago or so. 
And so she gave them some of their goals of when they were in high school. And uh, the interesting one, there were a lot that are interesting that I am not privileged to share, but one was Josh would not beat up his bigger brother. And, uh, they're simple, but it got the process started. When they were dating, dating, we would take them up to Traverse City, and we would have the two of them go with a girlfriend and dream. Uh, it worked very well for one, and it didn't work very well for the other one. Benjamin didn't get married until he was 35. But that's okay. It was really probably a good thing because he dated some very good women, but they weren't for the farm. And that's when they went to sit down to look at where they wanted to be in their life, that became obvious. The one that I think of is she's a very nice woman, but she wanted to live in the big city and, you know, enjoy the nightlife of the big city. Well, that doesn't work when you're working 12, 16-hour days on the farm and like that. Um, what I found amazing was, on the farm especially, is we do it this time. We don't really look at it a lot through the year, but then we get them out at the end of the year. And it, it was amazing how many things that we crossed off. It was like, whoa, yeah, that happened. Yeah, that happened. And there's more happening all the time as we're going. Things are getting faster, faster all the time like that. Um, so I would encourage you to set those goals. Uh, I think it was a Yale graduating class. Only 3% set goals. The 3% were worth more than the other 97%. Time. The goals make you accomplish a whole lot more. And the other thing it does is when you're setting these goals, you're talking to God, you're listening to the Holy Spirit, and he's guiding and directing. Now, I'll give you another example, and that's with Jeannie. She uh, always wanted to be a second-grade teacher, and so one of the goals was to be a second-grade teacher. She's top of the class most of the time toward the top. And we graduated from Michigan State. She came back. I can remember I was in the kitchen and she was painting and the phone rings for the interview for the Ithaca High School, second grade. She goes, doesn't get it. Okay. Next year, same exact thing happened. Didn't get it. Uh, she did get a call to come work at 8CAP, which is the Head Start program. And so she took that job. And you're thinking, okay, Lord, did we miss it? What happened? Well, some of you have heard the story that she worked 21 years at Head Start. And because of that, she was really able to uh, spend maybe more time with our boys, raising them, and 
than if she was a second grade teacher. But it was coming to the end. We had a had a great time with our boys. Uh, Josh, the, the the kids are fantastic. Yes, they're they're you have to raise them and you have to work with them. But we had a ball going to all the games and uh, raising them and all of their friends and everything. Coming to the close, they're going to go to college, and it's like, what are mom and dad going to do? It's an empty nest. The phone rings, CMU. We'd like you like to have you come teach a freshman class at night. And Jeannie says, no, I'm not interested. I think a week went by. He called again. Like to have you teach this class a freshman at night. And it's what she was, her college education was in, what she was working with, and then she has her master's in administration. We'd like to do it. No, I'm not interested. He's praying, if I remember right, the, the prayer of Jabez. The tent takes. Put him out. Phone rings the third time, CMU. She goes, okay. I, I, I get it. I get it. What do you want me to do? Uh, freshman class, 25 kids. She says, okay, I'll do it. Then she gets, uh, she gets okayed and all of that through the university. Then she gets her, I don't know whether you call it the syllabus, but her schedule. It's juniors and seniors, 45. <laughs> and she goes, oh boy. <laughs> but she did it. And from that, she is now full-time at CMU. And if she was a second-grade teacher, she wouldn't be able to do that. And most of you know that our other son, Josh, is the minister at his house, Christian Fellowship, on CMU campus. Jeannie is the faculty advisor for that. Uh, She's also the faculty advisor for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. So she's able to do a whole lot. She's... She did a whole lot more for God with what happened than if she would have been the second grade teacher. The lesson of the story is always trust God. But don't be afraid if you go a little bit to the right or a little bit to the left. God's in control, and it always works out in the end. So that's it for tonight. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father.